What is up, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of The Drop, and a very special edition, because a gentleman sitting across the table from me, I've been watching him play hockey. I've been watching his life. His life has been a very public life for the last two freaking decades, and now he is crushing it at life, and he is spending an hour here in the NRM studios on The Drop-In. I cannot tell you how excited I am to have Mr. Darren McCarty in studio today. But before we get to that, I want to tell you, for the last week, I've been of service to so many people. Sometimes, when you don't know what to do, you get outside of yourself and you help others. That helps you refocus your life, get back into the swing of things, and that's what has helped me over this last week, because it's been quite a lot going on. Man, all good stuff. But when you get so much going on, sometimes you feel frazzled. So you get outside of yourself and you go help friends. You help your mom. You help whoever. It works. It works. And uh, it has been awesome. It has been awesome. The opportunities keep flowing. I have so many great big things to announce to you guys, but I can't quite announce them yet because they're still coming to fruition. But some super rad stuff for Southeastern Michigan. So stay tuned on future episodes of The Drop-In to hear more about what's coming to the city of Pontiac, about charity hockey games, about different things that are going on that here at The Drop-In, we embrace. We embrace helping everybody and to promote the message of you to get off your damn couch and make life happen. This isn't a dress rehearsal. You get one shot. You get one shot. I say it over and over and over again. But I had to get kicked in the head so many times before I realized that this isn't a dress rehearsal. Tomorrow may not come, so I have to take advantage of this moment. And today, today, I got four-time Stanley Cup champ sitting right there. Four times! Four times. I just found out he grew up in Leamington. I love the tomato capital of Ontario. And played for the Belleville Bulls. Come on. Come on. And now he is everywhere, crushing it on the grind time and stand-up comedy, you name it. DMAC is getting involved with so many positive things. I cannot wait for you to hear about how he came up and where he's at today. So without any more, Darren, thank you so much for coming in and spending the next hour with us here on The Drop-In, brother. Bro, the energy is phenomenal, and I love the message, and I love the fact of the realness. You're just real, and you're just spitting life. And, uh, you know, the one thing is it's not a dress rehearsal, and no matter how many times I say this on Grind Time with Darren McCarty all the time, which I'm proud to bring on over here starting January 7th to the NRM Streamcast, but no matter how many times you fall down, you got to get back up up you like you said i'm like you when we decide to quit beating ourselves up and get outside ourselves and and not look in oh woe is me and do of service uh the one point is hold the door open for somebody that can change your day by just going out that little bit you don't have to move mountains you got to kick a stone so you and i uh we have a lot in common a lot of the same loves a lot of the same um i guess demons and uh it's just absolute honor to be here with you today brother right on man and you know kindness doesn't cost a thing some of the most influential people in my life i met because i held the door for for them or i helped them at the skate park or this that or the other thing just being polite and being nice and they human being yeah they changed my freaking life if it was writing a book or doing this or doing that it was just being polite 
polite to them. Now, I want to ask, you just got back from taking a bath in the Dead Sea. How was that, dude? <laughs> dude? How was that? The lowest point on the face of the earth. I mean, not many people can say they've been there. I know I'm not going to the highest point. I'm not climbing no friggin' mountain, that's for sure. But to go to the lowest point, and I guess to have the whole spiritual... Um, Israel being from what you're you're taught and what you learn no matter how you grow up and whether it's in the Bible or the Torah or whatever else, your perception will be different until you get there. Um, like I said, some of the things blew me away. Uh, one of the things that is apparent to me is in the Torah when it says God's eyes are on Israel. <laughs> you damn right they are. Whether it's because of the spirituality and and all different forms of spirituality there or just because they take care of the next generation. I mean, by the way that the plants grow and there's fruit all over and, you know, the stray cats they're feeding and they're not a nuisance. It's amazing. And to see um, one side where there's chaos and then another side of a wall where it's a monastery and it's silence. And then you go, you mentioned about the Dead Sea, you go down there and literally you float and after a little while, it'll it'll start giving you some irritation. But uh, to be able to, to actually be there to live where some of these stories that uh, you read about in, in the Bible and, and stuff has, has happened and to experience it, yeah, it's, it's real and it's one of those things that uh, I'd put it on your bucket list just because anybody to experience it in their own way. You know, that's the whole thing. It goes along with your thing about it's your life. Well, the, it makes sense that everything started there. That's all I got to say. Yeah, and it's surreal. I found it surreal. You know, I got to visit Sweden to play hockey. Oh, and, I, I've been there, too, and that's... Yeah, in the history, you know, here in our country, you know, two, three hundred years, whatever. You go there, and it's like thousands of years. It is. And, and it's, it's, it's a different kind of vibration, that's for sure. It, it really is, and, and I've been to Sweden, too, so you understand walking through, whether it's Stockholm and you the castles in the downtown you don't really realize like they these places have castles from thousand years ago in their town and then you're walking in old jerusalem i actually got a tattoo that cross there i got it in old jerusalem so that was pretty cool but to walk down the the steps and in the city that you know you can really tell because uh the walkways are smaller so when they were made but you can just say wow how many people have walked on this over time but it's definitely a different vibe and it really goes to show you how young this country really is right 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 and and it, and, and, it's, and here it's, it's all here it's all here, here it's all it gets old tear it down put something new and shiny up over there it's not it's even walking in old Jerusalem that's been around when they try to repair it they do they repair it so it doesn't lose the old vintage aesthetic Yes, yes. And so we're talking about, you know, thousand-year-old places. Well, let's go back to where you started. I brought up Leamington in the opening. I have some, a little bit, I mean, I love Leamington, but I got like 12 goals scored on me in Leamington in a a junior game, and it sucked. But you started uh, your life in Leamington. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, dude, that's funny that you say that, because when you mentioned that that uh, you were a goalie and then that it was small behind the net, I said you must have played at the old rink that I grew up on. That's the ice rink at the uh, fairgrounds that I grew up on. I lived a mile down the road from it in Leamington, Ontario, which, give or take 10 minutes for the borders, about 40 minutes from here. From uh, from Joe Louis Arena, so me, I grew up the uh, Red Wings fan, and and a lot like it, 
I grew up in the in the time in the '80s when they stunk like they do now, so I have some experience in it. And and any of us that are are born in the, you know, early late '60s to early '70s uh, realize that it's it's able to happen because. At the time, we had the Detroit Tigers, so we had a team to cheer about. Nowadays, you don't, so at least you're building towards something. But I grew up there. I was a Red Wing fan when they stunk. All my friends were uh, Canadians fans and Leafs fans, so the best part about winning the Stanley Cup, especially scoring the Stanley Cup winning goal in the first one in 97, was not only to bring the Stanley Cup back to to uh, my family and friends, but to shove it in all my friends and cousins' faces that that uh, we got the Stanley Cup before they did. So they're still waiting. I got four in Toronto, still trying to win one. So, are you doing this on purpose? Like, did you did you do your research? Like, I'm a huge Leafs fan. Oh, are you? I, I um. Oh, you poor guy. I, so I'm a huge Lions fan. So we can we can. Yeah, so yes. you're double. If you're a Leafs and Lions fan, bro, you are a masochist. I mean, come on, bro. You're re- you're a recovering addict. You know that nobody can do to you what you can do to yourself. And really, you set yourself up behind the eight ball, bro. You and my cousin Chad Cowan. I'm gonna get you guys involved. You guys can go cry together. I'll tell you even what's better. We made a hundred dollar bet when we were ten years old. Who'd win the cup first? Detroit or Toronto, I made him pay me 200 because I scored the goal. So even <laughs> if now I got the Lions and he's got the Leafs to win, so even if I lose, I'm still up 100, bro. So you <laughs> Toronto fans aren't that bright. It's awful. Yeah. It's awful. And I, I just, I I expect it. So if they are winning, like I get excited, but I don't start watching until after the All-Star break because the last four or five years, they do well to the All-Star break and then they fall apart at the seams. But I want to know, how did you even start playing hockey, man? Well, I, you know, and it's actually the funny story is uh, my mom's the uh, hockey player in our family. She was the first captain of the women's team in Essex, Ontario. And um, even though my uncle, my great uncle Jack, he was the athlete in our family. I sort of, uh, it's funny because uh, my uncle Randy was the talented one and my uncle Ralph was the, had the work ethic and I got the combination of them both. So along with the toughness of my uncle Jack. So I, it's one of those things that, you know, I, I'm, firmly believe that you can do whatever you want and it's about priorities and it's about what are you willing to do to get there and it's not like oh are you willing to do this no what are you willing to do and a lot of times growing up you lose sight of the fact of what's the, the, you know you're going so fast just going for this goal you, you the scenery and what's going on beside you you sacrifice growth in as a human being so when i sit here today like when, when i'm younger oh you can be whatever you want what do you want to be when you grow up it's i would advise that it's much easier when you realize what you don't want you know i sit here today and i know exactly that if i do certain things the certain the consequences and i believe them 100 percent now you know that's the whole thing i know that so it's more so i know what i don't want i'm not here to argue, I'm here for what do you mean by that? And along those lines is, is the, what, the arguing people are the absolute things I don't want. And that's the category I put them in. That's the difference where I'm at to, in today. So I surround myself with people like yourself and people like Michael and people like Andy and Corey and everybody here at NRM because it's about the people. 
And well, and we are giant magnets. You know, when we're treating ourselves poorly, we attract, and, and, and really, those are the people we surround ourselves with. And as we start treating ourselves better, I, I found that self love was the most important thing. When I fell back in love with myself, when I could look in the mirror and go, dude, I love you. I'm all right with that skin today. When I could do that, that was the game changer. That was the ultimate game changer when I was comfortable in my own skin. You can say, you can hit that. I, I say the same thing. I always tell everybody, no matter. Matter what, if it's you, when you look in that mirror, do not lie to that person because it doesn't matter how much you love somebody, or how much close you are. It's that person that you you're looking at. And for me, it was you'd always walk by it, always walk by it because you didn't like who you were. The funny thing is, I stopped him one day and I looked and I said, and he and he looked back at me and I was like, I'm not dealing with you right now. And he laughed. He said, I hope you're alive when you come back to decide to do it. And that sort of clicked something in me where I started to stop and. Have self-respect, and and you know it was for me, my wife, my best friend Cheryl. She, when you say you can't do it for somebody else, somebody else can make you want to do it for yourself because it's you got to take care of yourself. You work in then out, yeah. and I think that's what you and I are right on the same page as far as what we've learned. And it's that self-love that it's okay. And you know what? Because you know, at the end of the day, we're gonna look in that mirror, or we know. If something's off, then we're going to correct it because we're not afraid of the BS. We've been through all that garbage. And you know what? I, as much as you, we don't want somebody else to have to be where we've been. Well, and I'll tell you something, because we're on this subject, I used to love Batman. And I, I, I think I secretly loved him because he lived two different lives. And that's what I did. Publicly, people like saw me, and I was, I was pretty chipper, and I was doing my thing. And then when I'd lock that door at night, it was a totally different operation, yeah. you know? And I used to make jokes. I'd say, you know, you like what I'm doing. It, 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 try going home with me every night. Try that one. That sucks. And, and people didn't get it. Now, I'm the same person 24 hours a day. It makes it so much easier to live life when you are the same person. You're consistent with yourself. Makes life a lot easier. Well, that's the whole thing with my wife taught me honesty. You know, and it doesn't matter, and 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 to a fault because now I won't shut it off, and I I walk around enjoying my truth. You know, if you're gonna ask me a question, you're gonna get my my answer. I stand behind what I what I say, but I'm also willing to listen to what everybody else has to say and I, and it's okay to change your opinion based on facts you know a lot of things in this world if we're talking about recovery um is through the education of cannabis has saved my life and helped me on my direction. Now, when people say, well, are you not swapping one for another? And, and, and I say no, because I believe that I firmly live by the principles that I was taught by 12 Steps in AA. But the difference is, is that uh, my program has a garden and, the, and with the, all the rehabs and all the the therapy that I've done, I was spiritually, mentally prepared, and then physically. That's what the plant allowed me to physically get rid of the addiction, and then to be able to have an ally in facing things, but it's also, too, about being educated, because there's smarter people I, uh, around me that have enabled me to continue on this path, and Seeing's believing. You take pictures, you do the, the, I believe in that enemy of the state stuff, so that's why I don't do it, because it's all Facebook recognized stuff. But if you looked at pictures of me over time, um, it, not even just four years that I've uh, been sober, 
but even like in the 10 years is a transformation you can't you know it's the same thing as as you're not going to tell me there's not some mouse out there you know as far as aliens because that's just stupid and you're not going to tell me different things because i'm going to make my own opinion from the information that I've got and what I've lived through. And the best part, I call it enjoy my truth, bro, because you know what? If you saw it differently or experienced it differently, write your own book or get your own podcast or go on uh, drop in with Garrett Valley and he can uh, let you tell your story. Yeah, yeah. I right? Because that's it because bro, we're all about, tell me. You tell me your story. You know, like, so people were not and the, we scare people because they can't bullshit us on our experience. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That, that, that And I love the ones that try, because I'm sure, you know, people try to tell you what, how you feel all the time. That's uh, That just doesn't work anymore because, and it goes, I want people to understand, why is that? Because you know who you are. Yeah, today I can say that honestly, and that's one of the best feelings on the planet. But I want to ask you uh, about your junior hockey career, because yeah. I played junior hockey, and and what people don't understand is, and, and you are one of those people, like anybody watching this show, you, you know Darren McCarty, you know all the headlines and all the BS, but what you don't know is as a right winger in junior hockey, he was winning awards, man. He was he was the guy, and and I, I'll let you talk about junior hockey. But what a transition! What a mature thing at that time because you came from junior hockey as a goal scorer. You are a dominant player to play your role for the Wings, which was a little bit different. You scored one of the most iconic goals on the planet, but. You were playing with freaking all these Hall of Famers. So, like, for me as a goalie, it'd be the equivalent of me sitting on the bench waiting to go in after Ron Hextall. Or Terry Sawchuk. Or, I love Greg Steffen. So, Greg Steffen. Oh, stuff. shout out to Greg Steffen. Yeah, dude. I golf with him all the time. I, Great love, guy. I love Greg Steffen. I love it, dude. I'll um, let him know. But, uh, you know, uh, how was junior hockey and then that transition to come to the Red Wings? You know, it's funny because... Uh, and I don't know how it works in the um, skateboarding, as like coming up through the ranks, but the biggest influence for me um, in my hockey career was when I moved from, I played Bantam and I went to junior BA. And Brian Drum, who was my coach, I lived with him, he told me when I was 16, he said, listen, to make it to the next level, you got to do one thing better than 99.9% .9 of the rest of the people trying to make it. And for me, it was going to be fighting. And then for me, because I was tough. And I, I liked it. I didn't mind it. I just didn't grow up playing that style. But if I had to be physical, and I was a physical player, then they had to back it up. So the, the it's a very, it used to be, it doesn't, wouldn't work these days, but it's a very simple formula for for that is the first year in any league, all you do is fight. You know, all you do is try to rack up, and then you work in practice, and you work on your skills. My first year junior, I had 12 12 goals, second year I had 30, and then, like you said, last year I had 55 and won the player of the year. But I always knew my role. So so looking at getting drafted by Detroit, being my hometown, the dream come true, getting drafted second round, 46 overall, 1992, I look at the Red Wings and I got Steve Eisman, who I've watched, and then I got Bob Probert, and, and who is an idol and stuff. And to realize that, he needed, you know, a second gun. I'm always the best. When I'm like the, when I get to play small dog, oh, dude, <laughs> life is so good. Or even medium dog, right? <laughs> because of that wit. And what I mean by that means that I don't have to take on the toughest guys, the biggest guys, the, the heavyweight guys. I can take on the guys that play, 
right? Because that's the one thing that Scotty Bowman always loved the fact that he stopped me from more fights. Like Sergey Fedorov in the Russian Five movie, um, which is a great documentary. And you know, anybody who's a fan of life should see that movie. Well, you know, I have uh, Josh Real coming in Thursday. That's my boy, bro. Yeah, he's coming he in was, Thursday. He was in Israel with me. Just, Amazing movie. Dude, the kid smokes me out of more weed than anybody in this. <laughs> like, he smokes more of my weed, that kid. You have to say that, too. Ask him about... and But I, you'll have to ask him a story about how, uh, how resourceful I am. Um, internationally. Not me, international, <laughs> internationally, because he'll tell you about my boy Aaron. That I, that, that's my right hand, and, and people will meet him with grind time. But uh, So back to, what was that? The Federoff, Rus- yeah. Yeah, but um, what was I talking about? Going into the Russian Five and making that transition from playing small dog. I mean, you came from junior hockey, whooping everybody, scoring more goals than everybody, and then you come into the Red Wings. You need to and be you a got, cog in the wheel. You got yeah, exactly, and, right? and you know what? I I look at like people like Steve Eiserman, who you watch his career, and he played different roles at different times in his career, and he understood that that when he got to the middle of his career, he was a different person than when he first started as a goal scorer and lighting it up, and. I think that is one thing that many in any profession to have longevity, you have to transition with oh, the system. You have to change. You did. That's the, the life's about uh, change. And the one thing Scotty used to say is because Scotty Bowman, not only the the greatest coach but the greatest psychologist, because he taught you that you got to treat everybody differently because they are differently. Like for a fact, Fedorov, he'd tell him you have to do this and do this more and do this more than me. He'd say, don't ever do that again. <laughs> you know, like different things like that, but knew how to motivate people. But the bottom line is everybody wanted to win. Their goal was the same. You know, it's like around here, right? You ask, I always say between Andy and I is how do you raise one above all? You do it together, right? And that's where the difference was is it didn't matter how much we agreed with Scotty as a coach, whether we liked it or not, we respected it, and we knew that at the end of the day, we were all trying to win a cup. That's- and that's why I think people like Scotty Bowman, Phil Jackson in the NBA, it, it, it is managing egos. It is understanding people as people, not just as athletes, and being able to coach them the way they need to be coached. And here's the thing, too, right? Because if you look at you know all the stuff that's talked, but you look at a guy like Greg Popovich or Bill Belichick, and they're not the easiest guys, or you would think, but they have guys that buy into their system, and that's their top guys. So when you don't have the top guys sold, and when, and when the message gets old, but when you're in it as a group, it's a lot easier. You know, even if it's us against them, that that's some in certain ways that motivates. And I think that was uh, the most amazing thing about the Wings in the late '90s is everybody knew their role. Absolutely, everybody knew their role from the guys who maybe only got in five shifts a game yep. to the guys who were playing every other shift at certain points in the game. They understood, they knew their role, and that everybody wanted to win as a team, not as a, a an individual. That's it, and it's and then. Again, that goes to getting outside of yourself. You know, I'm the type of person, um, you know, you can do whatever you want to me and I'll decide when I'm going to retaliate or how I'm going to get back at you. But you do somebody to somebody I love or a teammate or somebody, one of my family members, and I'll rip your throat out quicker than, you know, you could say anything. So that's the mentality that you, when you're, 
when you do it for somebody else more, it means more get out of yourself. And that's when anybody who's struggling with anything, it's perspective and it's get out of yourself and, and, and communicate. You got you to gotta talk, man. You got to talk. And, and, and what I mean by that is you don't even need anybody else, but you can write, talk to that person in the mirror, write it on paper, rip it up, burn it. Do whatever you need to. It's just that's there. There's there's a way out, and and a lot of times, dude, it's through. Mm-hmm. And you you got to go through it, dude. You got to go through it, and it's experience. And so if, as Gerald and I are sitting here talking, um, we just the, our main thing is so that nobody else has to go through the pain that we did. Yeah, right. And, I, and, I don't want anybody who doesn't want to that is looking for help or information to know that there, there's out there and there's a couple guys like you and me, whether it's on drop in or it's grind time or it's NRM, that there are people out there that care. Well, and I think that's why you're such a favorite of not only the hockey fans in southeastern Michigan, but bigger than that, because you're relatable. You have had some crazy ups and some crazy downs. And for me, uh, I actually did my first interview about sobriety eh, about a year ago. I'd been sober two years. I'm like, all right, I'm comfortable with it. And I did it on nomoreheroin.org. And I'm like, I don't do heroin, but I can talk about how I stay sober. And it resonated. It, it, It went crazy. And people now message me privately and ask me, you know, some tips of, of different things. But when they realized, oh, wait, you don't have a perfect life, Carol? Like, we thought you had a perfect life. Like, you're a pro skateboarder. You had all this and that and the other thing. And we thought you, know you were You know Tony perfect. Hawk, bro. You got to have a perfect life. Right. Yeah, when they just... realize I'm just like everybody else. Absolutely. I truly believe that's why we still see number 25 McCarty jerseys around Everywhere, because people could relate to you during your uh, your career and everything else. Well, you can appreciate this, but this is what I tell everybody: I travel around doing Darren McCarty slaps a comedy tour, and even no matter what I'm doing, alumni games or whatever, is that I've realized that I'm a battery, okay? And the people are my power, and I got to go out and and I don't. The best part is I don't even I don't even. It's like Christmas morning, and I don't even care what I get because I know what I'm going to get it's either going to it's going to be great and that doesn't mean it's always going to be unicorns and puppy dogs and happy cuz it's have the the worst things like example like somebody who's terminally ill got a month to live but wants to wants to bucket list see my show like that's like wow smack you in the face but you know what that's a reality of life we're going to deal with it so what are we going to do you're going to sit beside me and I'm going to make fun of you for half of the show and we're going to enjoy it with the family because we're going to try to make the best out of the worst situation and then on the other side you know you hear that I've inspired there's a a kid that I that had a picture of when I was my rookie year and he was at children's hospital and it was on his on his hospital bed and there's a picture of him and I and he didn't know who I was but I inspired him whatever anyways he healthy did seasons 10 and 11 of American Ninja Warrior you know like just little things like that the people that that it, the highs and lows, it doesn't matter to me. It's just the connection that I have, and, and I cherish it, and it's helped me. So I go around, I tell everybody, I got to thank you for all those prayers, you know, that because they worked. And, and you know, because you've been where I've been, that you can't say thank you enough to whoever it was, you know, because 
Yeah, unless and and there's people that are listening right now have been there and they get it, and there's people that haven't been there and you trust us on it, so you don't have to go there. Trust us, it's as bad as we tell you it is, so you don't have to do it. Now let's be kind and you know leave this world a better place. You know when when you leave. Yeah, and there's always hope. You know, I just did a drawing. I'm an illustrator. That's I love what I it. studied in college, and it was a matchbook with one match left, and the the caption said, "There's always hope." And that was reaching out to my friends in recovery because there is always hope. You know, for me, I had the freaking repo man come and I had the foreclosure notices. I had, I had all that. And guess what? It, it, it You can get it back. You start working hard and one step at a time. And both of us here are proof that yep. you can get it back. And when you start treating yourself right, it comes back tenfold. I will tell you that from experience, it comes back tenfold. And I have to ask Mr. Darren McCarty, during your pro career, because I have to say, during my, my professional skateboard career, at, at, at a couple points, it, it felt like a job. And I wanted oh, to quit. I'm like, this ain't fun shit. anymore. It's a freaking job. Did you have those kinds of moments? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, after they, probably when they put the tie down rule in, so I couldn't get my Jersey uh-huh. off, and I, it made it tougher to fight the big guys. But no, a lot goes to as, you know, your body starts wearing down, you get older, maybe, you know, you, you get experience. And, you know, for me, I had three sport hernia surgeries and, and five hand surgeries and stuff. And, and, I guess with me is that I had other interests too. You know, the one of the thing, you know, I have a band called Grinder and you know, I spent a bit we had the lockout and instead of playing hockey that year I went and I did the band. Do I regret it? No. Did should I have done other things if I wanted to be, you know, more focused on the hockey career? Well at the time that's where I was at, you know. I'm you know, I'm the guy that went on Ozfest and roadied for Zach Wild for a week and Sisma down for a week because he knew he was going to rehab <laughs> two weeks <laughs> after. So he made it worthwhile, but I have all those relationships and those memories to draw from. But yeah, it's it's anything anything that you love can become a job. But it, but again, it all depends on you gotta be honest with yourself. And I'm okay with you know, I'm not gonna really do anything that I don't have fun with. I'm going to try most things and I'll be like, ah, I like that or I don't or I want to put my my energy and effort into it. That's the, that's the one time is or the one time. The one thing that I think has changed is I know my value and I and time is the greatest value. So I'm going to spend time with people I want to spend time with no matter what it is doing. And, you know, right now, it's, a lot of it's around here because this is the vibe and the energy and you get this spirituality and the energy and all that stuff is that it just caused creativity. And as much as, you know, to your point, the universe conspires positively or negatively, whichever way you want, it's unbiased. So yeah, let's it get does, all the positive going, dude. We've done it negative enough. 100%. And I got to throw it out there because I played drums on a couple punk rock records oh, and right I, still, I still play like three days a week. So if you ever need a sit-in no, drummer. No, we absolutely. If you ever need a sit-in dude, drummer. We'll, 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 uh, we'll cut a side gig with the NR, NRM band, whatever here. We'll figure something out. Yeah. Absolutely, you're in. I think we'd have a lot of fun with that. Um, and I also, you know, I have, I have like, a, I sent you the short outline, you yeah. know, but the outline was really like 47 pages because I have all my own personal questions in the interview already. We're only 30 minutes in, D. And, and, We're good, bro. We, and, got, we got time. We got years and years and years. Well, right. But I love this first 30 minutes because it's not even close to what we wrote down, but the message will reach thousands, especially those thousands that don't think there's any hope. They don't think they can get out of it. And they're like, well, 
look at these two guys for crying out loud. They're still acting like they're 14 and they're doing Absolutely. pretty okay. You know, we've been through brick walls, we've been in the gutter, and we've been on top of the world and realize now there is no ceiling. Once you start, uh, again, I'll say it again, once you fall in love back with yourself, or for the first time in my case, falling in love with myself, there is no limit to where you can take that love. And it resonates to everything and everybody around you, which is what goes on here in the NRM studios. It really is because everybody, a rising tide raises all ships. And having uh, Darren here now doing his show starting January, well, freaking bonus, bonus, you know, and we're in season two of the drop in. It, it's just, it keeps getting better. And my expectations, I don't have any expectations because if I did make one, it would surpass it every single time. So it is just, it, it ugh, I don't even know what to say, really. But how, I, I brought this up earlier, how was it? Sitting on the bench, knowing that like half of those guys are like future Hall of Famers. <laughs> Pretty like, sweet. I eh? mean, what, what uh, did you feel like you had to match up? Were you just learning a little bit of both? How did that go? I think it's over time, as especially as we we learn we learn because we did it the hard way, right? We lost, you know, win the President's Trophy, loses San Jose in the first round, and then the lockout, and then you come back and you get real close going to the finals, and you know, we we build a great bond. Between each between each other, and and you, you learn how to play with play together, and you know the, the more you're around these guys, the luster of of I guess the Steve Eisenmans, the the Nick Lidstroms of the Brendan Shanahan's, like as the fandom, then the, just the people, and then then you're in it together. The, you know the big thing is obviously talking about the Rush Five, but when you get Igor Larionov and Slava Fetisov, who two you know. Two patriarchs in in the hockey world because of their their ties with the you know Soviet Soviet Union and all the hockey world championships and just to learn life from them and they learn like things the way that they grew up learning things and you realize that you're on the same page but here's the thing that this is the best part because they because the younger like we had the younger myself drapes ozzy maltz the marty lapointe like the, the the younger sort of wild guys and that's why scotty brought joey kosher in because he was like the papa and you know sort of controlled all of us but there's different ways that all the the dressing rooms and they would work, but when it come time to come together and go in, everybody knew their role. And as the grind line, myself and Maltby and Draper, um, we would always chuckle when when the big guys wouldn't be scoring because we'd go, oh, I guess we got to go out there and do something <laughs> today, you know, instead of shutting guys down. Which, which, and you know, in the locker room or whatever else is that? Oh, yeah, I guess yeah, we got you today, Steve. You know, or, or, you know, like oh, okay, Brandon, you're having a tough night there. He's only got five shots on net. Well, we'll get a couple. I got to go visit the chiropractor because I can been carrying you all game. That right, exactly, right, right, exactly. Like all that stuff goes around, but it's it's but in the, in the biggest moments and and there's something to be said like I say like the March 26, 97, the the turtle game, the Lemieux, the sweet revenge, the, the whole thing to the boiling point of the climax to not only be able to beat up the villain, but to score the overtime goal and at the end of it I tell everybody that's a proverbial Everything's gonna be all right. Don't know what that means, but it's gonna be all right. Just it, it, that from then on, it just 
and it wasn't just a team. It's Red Wing Nation everywhere. And it was just one of those, okay, you know, that's what we're trying to get back to now that the captain's back. Well, you brought up all the, all the players, the Isermans and Drapes and whatnot. Uh, you know, in the Russian Five, Kozlov comes off a little bit brash. Was yeah, he really dude. like that? Nah, he's... He, no, you got to understand, he always make it more. He was... Kazi's one of the funniest guys, but he had a real tough time with English, and he's stubborn as shit. I mean, he's just <laughs> stubborn, but every morning, I mean, hey, morning, Matt. Hey, Kazi, and you know me, I'm like, hey, Kazi, what's up? Morning, buddy. What are you? F you, Mac. F you. Right. you know, that's it. Literally, want to talk to me, Lauren. <laughs> but he was, uh, you know, as big of a part. And that kid is as tough as nails, too. So, so uh, you know, being outside of the rink, you spent probably seven days of a week in an ice rink from the time you were five till you were freaking whatever, 35, whatever the year it was. What's a day in the life of Darren McCarty look like these days? Oh, these days. Oh, it's a lot better. Um, it all depends. But, uh, uh, you know, my day, my day starts with uh, cannabis and coffee, and uh, you know, CBD is very important to be able to. Because you know, the, the biggest things with loving yourself um, for me and being an insomniac uh, is to being able to sleep, but also the pain, right? And you've had some crashes and burns and whatever like that, but to be able to actually feel better like you know i've been retired it just the other day was uh, came across my feed that it was 10 years since i announced my retirement and uh you know i feel great you seems know now like now yesterday. i do it seems yeah. like just yesterday dude it yeah. doesn't seem like it's uh, been no 10 it doesn't years. so so i also do there's this uh, stretch zone where people might have heard of the they will my friend paul frost is uh, so it's pretty much like lazy workout like I don't have to do anything, strap you to the table and stretch you out. But it's really helped as far as um, where I want to get to. Like, cause, cause I'm more concerned with my golf swing than anything. <laughs> you know, that's my, that's my go-to. And uh, so everything's, everything's formulated around golf to me. You know, like as far as I, if you ask my boy Nick, who's my business development guy, um, you know, the, the the whole goal of doing anything is because you want to be able to golf anywhere and everywhere, you know, you want to. And that's where we're trying to get to, you know, eventually. So uh, other than that, um, these days, if I'm not on the weekends, usually Thursday, Friday, Saturday, up north or somewhere doing comedy, then uh, around here doing um, podcasting or stuff, Wednesday would be a was my podcast day it's going to turn to tuesdays at 6 30 so um depending on what if there's a like today's i do this then there's alumni skate and alumni meeting at first monday of every month and stuff so uh, a lot of stuff depends if the wings are in town i'll go down to the wings game you can always find me down there usually before the game i like don't like traffic so i'm usually gone by the second period to watch the third at home but uh you know it, it, it's being around it's being visible it's uh you know, doing doing a bunch of diff, different things. I do a bunch of stuff with the wings as far as marketing and PR. And um, I got Pinkana, which is uh, uh, the one of the biggest seed to sale cannabis companies. We got a two hundred million dollar facility up at exit one eighty one. So with the Darren McCarty brand, I'll be spending time up there getting the, my CBD line and and all the different. There'll be six different things from edibles to topicals to different things. So, um, 
You know, you know, I'd be interested in the CBD line. There's a bunch of pro skaters. I now see Bucky Lassick and even Andy McDonald, who is like the apple pie like of pro skateboarders. He's promoting a CBD line. Uh, you know, my body's been through the ringer, being a goaltender for uh, the first half of my life, and then skateboarding. And the Frankenstein graphic on all my boards is no lie. You know, 800 stitches, fractured skull. I've super glued my teeth in, stitched myself up, all that kind of stuff. Um, CBD is uh, some pretty amazing stuff, man. Especially that topical. Holy smokes! I have never felt any kind of a any kind of. I mean, I used to use whatever Tiger Balm forever, Tiger Balm Extra forever, and some CBD really took it, uh, treated my knees very well. Well, so it's it's all through the education, and then the question is, well, why does it work? And then I tell you, well, you have an endocannabinoid system, which pretty much means that you're putting medicine on your body that you have a processor that takes it and knows exactly where it's supposed to go because of the cannabinoid in it. So it's through education, you know that's. You can you know, look to me, Darren. You know, look to to Darren McCarty or grind time with Darren McCarty. There, there'll be a whole bunch of information coming out. But that's the first thing: is do you know what your endocannabinoid system is? And to tell everybody, yeah, you pretty much got a weed food processor in your body. So your your object is to get it in, right? People say because of the misnomer about weed. Well. The THC, which is the high, that's for your head, and that's for you know, for guys that are stuff for concussions and PTSD and anxiety and mental issues. Now the CBD, that's for your body. So if you need, if you have pain and appetite and and sleep, and then the more so, it's called CB CBN, which is attaches on it's a cannabinoid attaches on to cbd which is the sleep one so the cbn is a sleep one so the whole thing is is how the cannabinoids react together or whatever in your body now even though we all anything with the spine so anything with a spine has an endocannabinoid system right but your system might react slightly differently to different strains just like anything else just like you might like olives and i don't like olives except i like israeli olives but no other olives in the world (laughs) but it's it's and through that again it's the education it's the education on why i always unfortunately i usually get the answers later but now i know how to process the the information the answers and in in order to send somebody else on their journey because I'm not going on anybody else's journey. I'm just pointing in the right direction. Everybody has to do the work. That's the beauty about the cannabis plant. Is you can. It's a lot, my job is to let you know you have an option, and then it's your job to ask me how many. What do you mean by that question? That is that if you can't find the information, or forget about it and go back to drinking and doing your thing. I don't care. You know, I just care about the people that. What do you mean by that? Because I was one of those, and I got saved. You know, by a bunch of people because because I was ready and you know like we always say it's 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 a process um, but it can be done. Yes, it definitely can <clears throat> be done. And and we're sitting here with Darren McCarty and I, I you know for me it's like a dream come true because uh, being a hockey guy I mean in Michigan it's it's almost like you have to 
at least play a couple years of hockey if you live in southeastern Michigan. And this was the hub. People don't understand. You brought up the Dead Wings era. You can go down and get a t- ticket from a scalper for 10 bucks during the 80s. My dad and I did it all the time. Bro, you know what pissed me off the most about that? Because <laughs> we get these five ten dollars seats, be in the upper bowl, I'd be down in the lower bowl five minutes into the game. Then they'll let you be giving away these freaking Jeeps and stuff. And then I'm 12 years old, so I can't get one. I'm all pissed <laughs> off. So I said, Mr. Illich, you're going to buy me a Jeep. And guess what? He bought me a few of them. <laughs> Well, it was it was the Dead Wings era, right? You know, and and you know, I brought it up earlier, but I want to bring it up again because so many people, when I, I mentioned to them you were coming on the show, they had a Darren McCarty story. They're like, "Dude, I got his rookie card. You think you signed it? You had this, you had that. I got a jersey hanging here." Uh, again, you're relatable, and you continue to carry that with where you're going in this phase of your life. Who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? Right. No. But today, people can relate to our conversation here. Anybody who's watching this show could be sitting in this chair right now and fit right in. And that's what I think is one of the best things. I mean, you got a ton of great positives, but I like the relatability. You and I hit it off as soon as we met each other. Well, absolutely, dude, because we're two real people that have just, you know, what we, let me, what we, what you do is not who you are, but you and I can agree we've had some pretty cool gigs. Yeah. Right? You know, and and I mean, uh, have... Uh, so, but it it also too doesn't define who you are, and and there's two guys that are having this conversation here that pretty much recently just met each met themselves. So you know because we I knew who everybody else wanted me to be. I knew who I was to everybody else, but at the end of the day, I know why you shut that door when you're because you didn't want to have to meet yourself or because you didn't wasn't sure which parts were you and which parts weren't. So it got to a point. So now it's it's to embrace that. And and a lot of time, you know, my motivation is is that I'm gonna do it for the ones I can't. You know, it's not for anything other. It's not about me, it's not about anything else, but it's for the person that can't. You know, then that's always the way. My heart virtue, vulnerable truth with integrity. So when it's around and I'm around, you know that my hairs in the back of my neck will be standing up if stuff's not right. Well, and you know what's rad is is to see uh, you having fun. Oh. Like to, to I watch a lot of your social media stuff and what <laughs> you're doing, and it, it just resonates with me because I'm back to being 14. I'm I having know. fun with life. You know, you see the goosebumps. You guys always see Dude, it. I saw you in your sand outfit the other day getting ready to rip, and I said to you, I said, when you, when you first came in, I said, bro, nobody ever taught me how to skateboard. I, I, I can't, I, I'm just, my kids could skateboard and then they go dad go do it and then i'll break my neck and i'm like screw you kids and you know (laughs) but uh you know that's the whole thing to be able to do that and to get back and i'm i've you know i always tell everybody they say oh you skate in the alumni or do you like skating and i'm like no i'll do anything for charity right but i'm i actually enjoy more than just being around i can have some fun getting on the ice again well and you're smiling it's a genuine oh, smile it and, is and for me it's the same kind of thing you know getting out of my skateboard or playing my drums or playing hockey i stopped some pucks a few weeks ago oh the i'll rip smi- some on you kid oh we're gonna do that no, i'm gonna teach worry. him how to skate he's gonna take some slap shots at me we're gonna have a good time oh, yeah. but uh the smile is genuine and it's real 
and I'm not trying to fake anybody out. I'm not trying to get over mm. so they don't know what I'm doing when I go home. Right. It's always it's the same. It's genuine and the passion is real. Your passion for life is unmistakable when people see you doing live videos and doing this and doing that. With the grind time, how how can people watch more of the grind time right now? Yeah, I know I just, it's coming to NRM in yeah, January. Well, grind, the grind time with Darren McCarty podcast is out anywhere you can get podcasts. So iTunes, Spotify, DarrenMcCarty.com is our website that uh, there's merch up there. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, there's all past episodes. So, and also Grind Time podcast on Instagram or Grind Time with Darren McCarty on Facebook. Uh, Grind Time DMAC25 on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, grind time everywhere. I'll tell you what, and you gotta follow him on Facebook. You know, it, it is incredible. Again, the energy. That's what I like. People comment about my passion and my energy with the show, and and you bring a very similar energy mm-hmm. every time. Every time I see it, and and that's what attracted me when when I reached out to Perry a few months ago, and I'm like, we got to get Darren McCarty on the show because I saw that coming through, and and uh, walk in the door, and imi- immediately we're like brothers. <laughs> like yeah, it's like a, a, it's not like we just met, and then I walked out and talked to Jr. Adams, and you're like, dude, dude we already have gotta, the same we, friends, man. We do have the same friends, but and it's all the great people and 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 uh, Jr. Adams. You can you know he, um, let the Wookie win. Who's also NRM Streamcast. I'll be on there on Wednesday. I think uh, I love Star Wars too. But what a great guy! And and he brought up a great point because he said, "Yeah, we're still the ones alive from uh, doing all the dumb stuff back in the day that we know each other from." And I was like, "Yeah, that's true." But that's the bottom line: is that you know when you know you know, and that's the blessing that God has provided me is that I've always lived my life publicly, good, bad, or indifferent. So right now, like I said, enjoy my truth. I'm just going to keep calling it the way I see it. And you know what? It only seems to piss off the people that intentions aren't pure, and that's fine with me. And the best thing about the truth is it never changes. No. It never changes. And you don't have to worry about your story anymore, yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. because there's only one. That's right. Now, do you ever make it back to the tomato capital, man? <laughs> Leamington uh, isn't too far away. You ever get back there? And- you know, everybody comes over here, so I haven't been over and got a picture with that uh, tomato down, down in, in the middle of town in a while, and things have changed, but I get the, I get the updates. Yeah, they have a giant tomato in Leamington, and and I was there. You know, we're talking 25 years ago, but it was a giant tomato, and 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 somebody sat in there. That was the information booth. Yeah, that was when, when you rolled into Leamington, you could stop by the tomato and get get the information on where to get the best tomatoes. Or I don't Absolutely. know what what they were talking about there, but uh, it, it was interesting, and I'll never forget it. I love it. And, and that rink, the rink was incredible. It was rad that you're like, I lived like a mile from there, dude. I you did. Know? I used to walk down, and they used to let. The- the guys at the rink used to let me go skate before school and, you know, stuff like that. So, so been by myself, been doing doing that. Like you said, you, you know how it is. It takes community to raise a kid. So there's, a, you know, a lot of, lot of people to thank that, you know, weren't related growing up. And and you get you get to skate with the guys. You said uh, once a month you get to skate with the alumni we, team. This is alumni season, so we probably play about three or four games a month now. I know we just played Carhartt and Dearborn last Friday, and this Friday we're in Grand Rapids, I think. Eddie Mio still playing. Eddie M ten absolutely kick saving a beauty. I gotta. Sometimes I try not to 
uh, talk to Eddie in t- from before the game I do, and then after the game I try not to come back that far. But when he goes down, I got to come back and pick him up. Is he a pretty intense dude? Because I played against him, and again, this is this is uh, let's see, I was 18, so 30 years ago, and one of our guys on my junior team dumped him behind the net, and he got bent out of shape. I mean, well, he was he, fired up. I think that if you dumped him behind the net today, he'd get bent out of shape. Don't yeah. you get bent out of shape? If you I would get dumped? bent out of shape. I mean, I'd, I'd start swinging. I'd start swinging. I'd yeah, go did you Hexel. see that Mrazic, uh, Joe Thornton? I have not, but I like Mrazic. I was bummed out he left Detroit. Well, he swung his stick at Joe, and Joe bopped him. Oh! <laughs> you have to get that replay. I'll have to check ask that Corey, out. Ask, uh, ask Corey Banks. He'll, he might be able to find <laughs> Corey it. Banks. <laughs> We'll have to get Corey in here one time. We'll have to do a three-man show one time with Corey up in here. But, uh, you know, you you talked about your comedy events and what's going on around town. The uh, grind time coming to NRM in January. How can people... uh, Do you have a schedule of events at at grindtime.com? Or how do people... Get out! Get out! Dar- the public to see you. DarrenMcCarty.com and it- and well, uh, grind time uh, with Darren McCarty. Darren McCarty slapstick comedy tour. So, um, pretty much just type in Darren McCarty and, and you should find out where I'm at. And if and if you can't find out where I'm at, then somebody's gonna get in trouble. Yeah, and you can message me. You can message me if you're if you just can't type it out right or whatever. Um, you know, this has been incredible, Darren, to have you in in the studio today to talk about so much good stuff. I mean, from recovery to hockey to what you're doing now, Leamington, Ontario. We've covered a lot here in the first 51 minutes of this conversation. Let's talk a little bit about uh, recovery some more, because I I like the way we were going in the beginning. I've been to rehab three times. We have one of the best facilities here in Michigan at Brighton Center for Recovery. Uh, Eminem went there, Anita Baker went there, I went there. Um, If, you know, what kind of advice can you give to the guy who's sitting there or a young lady who's sitting out there right now who maybe is on the fence like they're like I don't know if I want to get clean I don't know if life will get any better any advice for that person watching this show because we have a pretty big recovery community who occasionally watches this for me rehab wasn't it there was a day and I can't tell you people ask me all the time what was it that made you decide vodka wasn't your friend and I just looked in the mirror and I'm like dude that ain't who you are it made me a non-social animal I didn't want to talk to anybody and that isn't who I am. And I just looked in the mirror one day and I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. If I'm not done right now, I'm going to be dead. I will be dead, guaranteed. I know, and you brought it up earlier, we know where we've been and we don't want to go back there. That is a great catalyst. Um, uh, what was it for you, man? Like, uh, for me, it was literally going to explode. <laughs> I was going to die. And I was literally probably really close to it as far as you know, my blood pressure was 240 over 160. And if I didn't have as much cannabis in my body, I was told uh, I would have stroked out or whatever. I was 70 pounds heavier. Um, but I checked, like I said, I had checked out. Um, but I was prepared. I'd prepare myself for eight months. It took me that long. And physically, to just because I didn't get sick when I drank, I got sick when I didn't drink. And, and, my wife didn't want me to go to, to detox because we wanted to do it ourselves, so we did it through Rick Simpson oil, which, God bless, Rick Simpson oil is uh, the cannabis plant concentrate down uh, to its most effective form and pretty much, like we are talking about, your endocannabinoid system, it just pretty much shuts down your system and lets you heal. And for me, it, got, it took eight days, um, but when I pretty much woke up, that, uh, that physical addiction, I wasn't... 
I wasn't in jeopardy of dying because you can't quit drinking alcohol because you DTs and but so. And I wanted to bring up that point earlier because of all the drugs, all the addictive substances on the planet, the only one you can die from is during al- detox is, is alcohol. alcohol, and people yeah. don't realize that. That's mm-hmm. the only one that you can die from if you quit cold turkey and you're drinking super heavy. So if you are drinking super heavy and you, you want to stop, you know what? Either check, get some medical attention because it could be detrimental yeah, and, you can't, and maybe don't, be fatal. Don't quit cold turkey. Like this is a serious thing that like, and and it's okay to go in if you're serious. The the bottom line is you have to want it. And and there can't be that date in your mind, whether it's it has a whether it has a date or it's empty date. But you know it goes back to looking in that mirror, and you know if that guy's got that date or not. So don't, don't bullshit yourself because you're just gonna waste time and waste years. Now, you can try to cut down, you can try to do whatever, but whichever way you want to go, at the end of the day. And the truest, most truest part is I haven't drank since uh, 11-11, 2015. If I got a drink right now, I'd be right back where I was. That is a guarantee. I've been to four rehabs. They spent over a million dollars with me. So... I'm well educated. That's the whole thing. Is I got they gave me all the two. They gave me all the weapons, and except I had to figure out that there was a better way. And I'm not one to say like blame this, blame no, no. Technology has allowed the education to come forth. So I'm one of these like it's right here now. So don't turn away from it because this is why it is. Now that's helped me out. So this is where we're at. But it's got to be respect to it. So. It's respect with anything, and it starts, like you said, girl, with yourself. Yep, that's yep. that. It's that conversation, and and you're much better off that when you're having that conversation and you're going, ah, I'm not yet, but keep talking about it, get it out there. There, you know, it's 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 not a black and white. It's sometimes it's a process, but it's it's all down to whether it comes down to this ain't me and boom, I'm done. Whether it comes down to you need help, whether it comes down to whatever else. So for me, it's spiritually, mentally, then physically. Yeah, I, I agree 100 percent. And ironically, my sober date is Groundhog's Day. I got I got sick of living that same thing over and over. But you never forget over. it. That is yeah. awesome. Mine, mine's, ve- mine's Veterans Day, so <laughs> yeah, it's right. a bet, right? It's just funny. And it's funny because the second fight I had with Lemieux that he fought off the faceoff that everybody knows when the puck drops and we fought um, was 11-11. 97. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, that is very cool. Once again, you know, we're down to the last minute of our show already. 58 minutes goes quick. Run down how our our viewers across the world can see more about you. Facebook Grind Time with Darren McCarty. DarrenMcCarty.com. Grind Time Podcast on Instagram. Slapstick Comedy Tour. Uh, to find out where we're coming to make some funny anywhere else. And obviously, Grind Time with Darren McCarty, NRM Streamcast coming January 7th. Till then, we got a lot of big things planned, bro. Right on. Well, thank you once again for being in here, Darren. I know this is the first, but it definitely won't be the last, brother man. My and pleasure, I, bro. And I will keep all you guys in tune. When Darren comes to the skate park with me, I'll let you all know. And when he's firing pucks on me, I'm sure you're going to see it. But in the meantime, just remember, this is not a dress rehearsal. It's your choice to make the most of the life we have. That's what I'm going to do. That's what DMAC is doing, and I want you to do the same. So thank you so much for tuning in today. I am Gerald Valley. That's Darren McCarty, and this is The Drop-In.